book two chapter twenty two of the mystical city of god volume two by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter twenty two jesus mary and joseph begin the journey to egypt accompanied by the angelic spirits they arrive at the city of gaza our heavenly pilgrims left jerusalem and entered upon their banishment while yet the silence and obscurity of night held sway they were full of solicitude for the pledge of heaven which they carried with them into a strange and unknown land although faith and hope strengthened them for in no other beings could these virtues be more firmly and securely established than in our queen and her most faithful spouse nevertheless the lord afforded them occasion for anxiety their love for the infant jesus would naturally excite in them anxiety and suffering on an occasion like this they knew not what would happen during such a long journey nor when it should end nor how they would fare in egypt where they would be entire strangers nor what comfort or convenience they would find there for raising the child nor even how they would be able to ward off great sufferings from him on the way to egypt therefore the hearts of these holy parents were filled with many misgivings and anxious thoughts when they parted with so much haste from their lodging place but their sorrow was much relieved when the ten thousand heavenly courtiers above mentioned again appeared to them in human forms and in their former splendor and beauty and when they again changed the night into the brightest day for the holy pilgrims as they set forth from the portals of the city the holy angels humiliated themselves and adored the incarnate word in the arms of the virgin mother they also encouraged her by again offering their homage and service stating that it was the will of the lord that they guide and accompany her on the journey to the afflicted heart the least consolation seems precious hence this one being in itself a great relief comforted our queen and her spouse joseph very much they therefore entered upon their journey with good heart choosing the way which led through the city gate in the direction of nazareth the heavenly mother longed to visit again the place of the nativity in order to venerate the sacred cave and the crib which had offered shelter and hospitality to her most holy son at his entrance into the world but the holy angels knowing of her unspoken desires said to her our queen and lady mother of our creator it behooves us to hasten on our journey without delay for on account of the escape of the magi kings and their failure to return to jerusalem and on account of the words spoken by the priest simeon and by anne the people have been aroused to attention some of them have begun to say that thou art the mother of the messias others that thou knowest of him and others say that thy son is a prophet various rumors are also spread about concerning the visit of the kings in bethlehem and of all these things herod is informed he has commanded that you be sought after very carefully and consequently a most diligent search is made to find you on this account the most high has commanded you to fly at night and with so much haste the queen of heaven yielded to the will of the almighty thus made known to her by the holy angels she therefore reverenced from afar the sacred place of the birth of her only begotten renewing the memory of the mysteries there wrought and the favors there received the holy angel who stood guard at the sacred cave approached them on their way in visible form and adored the incarnate word in the arms of his mother as she was thus allowed to see this angel and speak to him 
the heavenly lady was rejoiced and comforted still more she would have also preferred to travel by way of hebron since it was only a short distance from the one they were now travelling and elizabeth was just at that time in that city with her son john but the anxiety of st joseph who was more timid prevented also this diversion and delay for he said to his heavenly spouse my lady i think it is extremely important that we do not delay our journey even for one instant and that we hasten as much as possible to flee from the place of danger therefore it will not be prudent to go to hebron where they will find us more easily than in other parts of the country let it be according to thy pleasure answered the humble queen yet i wish thou give me permission to send one of these celestial spirits to elizabeth in order to inform my cousin of the cause of our flight so that she herself may protect her son for the wrath of herod is so roused that it will extend to them the queen of heaven knew of the design to murder the children but she did not tell saint joseph of it at that time here i must marvel at the obedience and humility of most holy mary which was so exquisite and rare for she obeyed saint joseph not only in that which he commanded but also in that which concerned herself alone namely in the matter of sending an angel to saint elizabeth although she could have sent the angel by a mere wish without even expressing it in words she nevertheless preferred not to do so without permission and in obedience to her spouse i must confess my shame and my negligence since having before my eyes the most pure fountain of waters i do not satiate my thirst nor profit by the light and the example before me though it is so vivid so sweet so powerful and so attractive in teaching us all to abjure our own reprehensible wills with the permission of saint joseph then most holy mary dispatched one of the principal angels of her guard in order to notify saint elizabeth of what was passing as the sovereign of the angelic spirits she instructed her messenger on this occasion what he was to say to the holy matron and to the child john the angel according to the order and pleasure of the queen proceeded to inform the fortunate and blessed elizabeth of all these events as far as was proper he told her that the mother of god was fleeing before the wrath of herod into egypt as this tyrant was now searching for the child in order to kill it he warned her to see to the safety of st john by hiding him in some place of refuge he also manifested to her other mysteries of the incarnate word according to the command of the heavenly mother the holy elizabeth was filled with joy and wonder at this message and she expressed her desire to meet and adore the infant jesus and to see his mother asking him whether they could be reached the holy angel answered that his king and lord was passing with his mother at a distance from hebron and could not wait for her visit saint elizabeth therefore gave up her project overflowing with tender and tearful affection she asked the angel to bring affectionate greetings to the mother and son the angel then returned with his message to the queen saint elizabeth immediately dispatched a servant with some gifts consisting in provisions money and material for clothing the infant she foresaw their needs in a strange country and instructed the servant to overtake them with all haste he met them in gaza which lies a little less than twenty hours from jerusalem on the river bezor and on the road from palestine to egypt not far from the mediterranean sea in this town they remained two days for saint joseph and the beast of burden which carried the queen were worn out by the fatigue of the journey 
from that place they sent back the servant of saint elizabeth taking care to caution him not to tell any one of their whereabouts but god provided still more effectually against this danger for he took away from this man all remembrance of what saint joseph had charged him to conceal so that he retained only his message to saint elizabeth most holy mary expended the gifts sent by elizabeth in entertaining the poor for she who was mother of the poor could not bear to pass them by unassisted of the clothes sent to her she made a cloak for the divine infant and one for saint joseph to shelter them from the discomforts of the season and of the journey she also used other things in their possession for the comfort of her child and of saint joseph the most prudent virgin would not rely on miraculous assistance whenever she could provide for the daily needs by her own diligence and labor for in these matters she desired to subject herself to the natural order and depend upon her own efforts during the two days which they spent in that city the most pure mary in order to enrich it with great blessings performed some wonderful deeds she freed two sick persons from the danger of death and cured other ailments she restored to another person a crippled woman the use of her limbs in the souls of many who met her and conversed with her she caused divine effects of the knowledge of god and of a change of life all of them felt themselves moved to praise their creator but neither mary nor joseph spoke a word about their native country nor of the destination or object of their journey for if this information had been added to the public notice caused by their wonderful actions the attention of herod's agents might have been drawn toward them and they might have found sufficient inducement to follow them after their departure words fail me to describe what i have been made to understand concerning the happenings during this journey of jesus and mary moreover i fall short of the sentiments of reverence and piety which such admirable mysteries would require the arms of the most pure mary continually served as a delightful couch for the new and real king solomon canticles chapter three verse seven as she penetrated in spirit into the secret of the most holy humanity of christ it happened sometimes that the son and mother interchanged sweet colloquies and canticles of praise in honor especially of the infinite essence of god and of all his attributes and perfections on these occasions the son of god favored his sovereign mother with new visions of intellectual clearness in which he perceived the unity of essence in the three persons of god the operations ad intra in the generation of the word and in the procession of the holy spirit she perceived how the three are from eternity and how the word is generated by the operation of the eternal intellect and the holy ghost is breathed forth in the operation of the will how there is no need of any succession of before or after but how all is from eternity and how it happens that we conceive these operations with the idea of duration or succession of time she also perceived how these three persons comprehend each other by one and the same act of understanding and how this comprehension includes the divinity of the incarnate word united to the humanity forming one person and what effects this union produces in the humanity filled with this exalted knowledge the great lady allowed her thoughts to descend from the divinity to the humanity and composed new canticles of praise and thanksgiving for the creation of this sacred humanity most perfect in soul and body the soul in its plenitude and all possible abundance of wisdom gifts and graces of the holy ghost 
the body most pure and in the highest possible degree well composed and complexioned then again she contemplated the exalted and heroic activity of all his faculties and having in her soul imitated him therein she passed on to bless and give him thanks for having made her his mother caused her to be conceived without sin chosen her out of thousands enriched her with all the favors and gifts of his powerful right hand as far as was possible in a mere creature in the exaltation and glory of these and other mysteries the child spoke to his mother and she responded in words which are beyond the tongue of angels and beyond the conception of any other created being to all this the heavenly lady attended without neglecting the care and comfort of her child giving him nourishment at her breast three times a day tenderly caressing him as a mother more attentive and loving than all other mothers combined could be toward their children at other times she said to him my sweetest and most beloved son permit me to speak to thee and to manifest to thee my desires although thou my lord already knowest them permit me to be delighted in the sound of thy voice tell me life of my soul and light of my eyes whether the labors of this journey are fatiguing thee whether the rigors of the season and of the weather cause thee affliction and what i can do for thy service and for thy relief and the divine infant answered all the labors o mother and all fatigue are most light and sweet to me since i undergo them for the honor of my eternal father and for the instruction and redemption of men especially in thy company the child wept a few times yet in great serenity and in the manner of a grown-up and perfect man and immediately the loving mother sought the interior cause of these tears finding it in his soul she understood that they were tears of love and compassion for the salvation of men and caused by their ingratitude in this sorrow and weeping the sweetest mother imitated him she was wont to answer his tearful plaints like a compassionate turtle-dove lovingly caressing and soothing him as his affectionate mother and kissing him with matchless reverence the fortunate joseph often witnessed these divine mysteries and shared in some of the enlightenments thus consoling him for the hardships of the journey at other times he would converse with his spouse as they journeyed along asking her frequently whether she desired any service for herself or for the child or he would approach and adore the infant kissing his feet and asking his blessing and sometimes taking him in his arms by these little offices of kindness the great patriarch sweetened his labors being at the same time consoled and encouraged by his heavenly spouse all these things she attended with a magnanimous heart being hindered neither by her interior prayer nor by her exalted and fervent contemplation from attending to the corporal affairs for in all things she was most perfect instruction given by my heavenly mother and mistress my dearest daughter for thy instruction and imitation i wish in what thou hast written that thou take as an example the affectionate wonder which the divine light caused in my soul at seeing my most holy son subject himself to the inhuman fury of wicked men such as was shown by herod in this occasion of our flight from his wrath and afterwards by the perverse servants of the high priests and magistrates in all the works of the most high his greatness goodness and infinite wisdom shine forth 
but since my understanding by means of the most exalted inspiration penetrated so deeply into the very essence of god in the person of the word united to the divinity and since i knew that my most holy son was the eternal all-powerful infinite creator and preserver of all things and that this iniquitous king depended for his life and existence entirely upon this very beneficence i was particularly struck with wonder to see the most sacred humanity pray and beseech his eternal father to confer upon herod at this very time enlightenment help and blessing to see my son who had it so much in his power to punish him by his prayers prevent the full measure of chastisement which he deserved although herod's purpose was frustrated yet this obstinate reprobate was visited with less chastisement than would have been given to him if my holy son had not prayed for him all this and whatever else is contained in this matchless mercy and kindness of jesus i sought to imitate for as a teacher he taught me thus early what he afterwards inculcated by his actions words and example concerning the love of enemies matthew chapter five verse forty four when i perceive how he concealed and disguised his infinite power and how being the invincible lion he became a meek and humble lamb isaiah chapter five verse twenty nine amidst the fury of ravenous wolves my heart was overwhelmed and my faculties failed me in the ardent desire of loving him imitating and following him in his love charity patience and meekness this example i place before thee for thy constant imitation so that thou mayest understand to what extremes thou must be willing to bear and suffer forgive and love all who offend thee for neither thou nor other creatures are innocent and without fault and many are burdened with numerous and oft-repeated sins by which they have merited all offences and insults now if persecutions afford thee the advantage of imitating him why shouldest thou not esteem them as a great blessing why shouldest thou not love those who give thee occasion to practise this highest perfection why not thank them for this benefit and hold them not as enemies but as benefactors who afford thee a chance to obtain what is of so much importance for thy welfare on account of the object lesson contained in this history thou wilt not be without guilt if thou fall short in this matter for the divine light and all that thou perceivest and understandest through it is as it were before thy eyes as in a living example End of chapter twenty two